48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. Four residential blocks and mid-levels are locked down for compulsory COVID-19 testing as a gym cluster hits 99 cases. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says pro-Democrats will be among the winners from Beijing's electoral reform as long as they pass the patriotism test. And eight demonstrators have been shot dead by the security forces in Myanmar. <clears throat> Four residential blocks and mid-levels have been locked down for mandatory COVID-19 testing following a recent surge in new cases caused by a super-spreader at the Ursus Gym in Saiyingpun. Officials say they expect the operation to be completed by 9 a.m. tomorrow. Maggie Ho reports. The lockdown began at 8.30 p.m. with residents of Block 1 and 2 of Robinson Place on Robinson Road as well as Phases 1 and 2 of Blessings Garden on Conduit Road being ordered to take a test before 2 a.m. and then await the results at home. The ambush-style lockdown was imposed after a cluster linked to an upmarket gym in Saiyingpun grew to almost 100 confirmed cases on Saturday. Earlier, the head of the University of Hong Kong's medical school, Professor Gabriel Gabriel Leung said this weekend would be crucial to containing the gym outbreak. He said sewage samples for the central and western district had shown that not all cases had been found and that action was needed to stop a fifth wave. I think we're at an extremely critical stage where we may be at an inflection point between the nadir that we have seemed to have finally achieved to bring the fourth wave under control with about a week's worth of single-digit new cases. And I think it all rather depends on the extent and the intensity of our mitigation effort to detect, monitor, and pick out all of the potentially infected cases arising from this super-spreading gym cluster. Professor Gabriel Lang ending that report. 35 of the 47 cases reported today were linked to the cluster. The Ursus gym is popular with professionals working in Central. Compulsory testing notices have also been issued for dozens of offices, including those of several leading banks and law firms. Dr. Chuan Shokuan from the Center for Health Protection was asked whether people should start working from home again. Of course, if the offices can arrange work from home, it's better than um, it's a better social distancing measure than gathering in the office. Because if there is one case in the office, we might have to um, issue compulsory testing notice for all the workers there and also may quarantine some close contacts. Four of today's local cases came from an unknown source and four were imported. The chief executive Carrie Lam says pro-democracy politicians will see their chances of winning office increase after Beijing approved sweeping reforms of the SAR's political system as long as they prove themselves to be patriots. She said patriotism was a basic requirement anywhere for people to take governing positions. Mrs. Lam made the comments to CGTN, the international arm of state broadcaster CCTV, in her first major interview since the reform was approved by the national legislature on Thursday. The National People's Congress decision has enlarged the size of the election committee and expanded the number of seats in the Legislative Council. So it brings me back to that same question. If we have the same number of so-called pro-democratic persons in Hong Kong, as long as all these people are able to meet the standards of um, a patriot, then they now have more opportunities to take part in the election and to win the election. 
Police say they have arrested 43 people in connection with illegal gambling after raiding more than 30 restaurants and entertainment venues. The force said it has seized gambling tables, chips worth $160,000 and $28,000 in cash. Eight demonstrators have been shot dead by the security forces in continuing protests in Myanmar against a military coup last month. In Mandalay, people fled as the police opened fire. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Head. There are protests in multiple cities almost every day, and in those cities, the police and army who work together on this either decide they will uh, rest at using tear gas and, and rubber bullets, or they decide they're going to shoot into the crowd and kill a few people. There's no particular obvious objective to it except to terrorise people, and one presumes the strategy is the hope that the sight of these dreadful, dreadful injuries of people hit by these bullets will eventually put them off. But it hasn't yet. People are very angry, and that anger is nationwide. This has all the hallmarks of, of a civil war, but it's not really a civil war because only one side is armed. RTHK, the time is now five minutes past 11. The High Court has granted bail to three national security suspects, Michael Pang, Tat Cheng and Ricky Orr. The court set aside a challenge by prosecutors to a lower court's decision to grant bail to the three district councillors, who are among 47 people accused of subverting state power through their involvement in primary elections last year. But two former lawmakers, Kwok Kaki and Jeremy Tam, were remanded in custody after the court upheld a challenge by prosecutors to the lower court's decision to grant bail. Sri Lanka's government has taken a significant step towards banning the burqa and other face coverings in public on the grounds of national security. A cabinet order has been signed. It now needs parliament's approval. It was proposed following attacks by Islamist extremists in 2019 on Christian churches and international hotels, in which more than 250 people were killed. Hilmi Ahmed from the Muslim Council of Sri Lanka said the ban was a mistake. Most Muslims would agree that uh, face cover is not uh, mandatory, but it is again uh, the right of anybody who chooses to do it. The Irish Foreign Minister Simon Coveney has accused the United Kingdom of perverse nationalism in seeking to sign a trade deal with the United States ahead of the European Union following Brexit. He said there was enough division and competition globally without needing to create more locally. I don't think it makes any sense for some in the UK to to sort of see this as, as a race to see who can get a trade deal with the US first. When actually we should be looking at a transatlantic trade deal that involves the EU, the UK, the US and Canada and others if they want to be involved. We all run economies that are based on very similar rules and structures. And the transatlantic relationship involving Britain should be a powerful one economically and globally. Police in Bolivia have arrested the former interim president, Jeanine Anez, who's been charged with sedition and conspiracy. Prosecutors accuse her and former ministers of helping the military in 2019 to oust from power Bolivia's left-wing leader, Evo Morales. Ms. Anez, who denies the allegations, said in a tweet that the political persecution had begun. An opposition politician, Ernesto Suarez, accused Mr. Morales of taking revenge on those he believed illegally forced him from power. 
Those who hoped that with this government things would change, no, they're acting exactly the same, violating the constitutional rights of citizens, acting abusively. There's no other way to describe it. There was no coup d'etat here. Everyone knows what happened. There was an electoral fraud, Evo Morales lost, and this is revenge. A remembrance service has taken place in New Zealand to mark the second anniversary of the deadly attacks on mosques in the city of Christchurch. The service included a minute's silence for the 51 people who were killed by an Australian white supremacist. Addressing the audience, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, said the attacks should tighten the nation's resolve for a united, multi-faith nation. There will be an unquestionable legacy from March 15. Much of it will be heartbreaking but it is never too early or too late for the legacy to be a more inclusive nation, one that stands proud of our diversity, embraces it, and if called to, defends it staunchly. A legendary steam train that was built in the 1940s and went on to be the first to cross the Australian continent has returned to the tracks for the first time in over a decade. The BBC's Phil Mercer reports. Known as the Glamour Express, Locomotive 3801 has always been a crowd favourite in Australia. It epitomised the romance of the age of steam, but it wasn't always a fairy tale. A collision with an intercity express in 1990 killed six of its passengers. It was eventually pulled from service due to mechanical problems, but is now out of retirement and has taken 1,500 passengers on sold-out trips in Sydney. And to end the news, the top stories again. Four residential blocks in mid-levels are locked down for compulsory COVID-19 testing as a gym cluster hits 99 cases. The chief executive says pro-Democrats will be among the winners from Beijing's electoral reform as long as they pass the patriotism test. And eight demonstrators have been shot dead by the security forces in Myanmar. The news from RTHK. Whether you're here or here, maybe here, perhaps not there, you can always listen to Radio 3. Just go to your favorite app store and download RTHK on the go. Radio 3. We are always here.
Is charged. I did it. Kicking off the second hour of Cool Tracks with the Dave Matthews Band. As I'm doing it for you, checking out the weather forecast for today. Tomorrow, calling for cloudy intervals overnight, and then uh, mainly fine during the day tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 20 to 25 degrees. Currently, it's 21 degrees with a relative humidity of 82% on RTHK Radio 3. I was in love. 